What is up, you beautiful human? Hello and welcome back to the Raw, Real and Vulnerable podcast with me, your host, Beck Antonucci. Fam, I want to keep bringing you back to the same question that I keep sitting with and I'm saying this on repeat so it really lands for you because it's becoming really mm, just impactful for me to ask myself, which is, what is it that I have been keeping myself busy doing that is distracting me from what it is that I most desire? Be with that. Be with that question because it is bringing up a lot, a lot for me as I've been doing the work to underpin my nervous system so that my desires feel really safe to reveal themselves to me. I'm just surprised and yet not at all surprised, but surprised that all of my desires are not at all business and goal-driven and yet really soul-led goals, really soul-wine goals. I desire more aliveness, more presence, more intimacy, deeper friendships, to be surrounded by like-minded community who love and care for me and who I love and care for deeply, humans that I desire to do kind things for, that I pour into and who pour into me. And if you asked me three years ago what my goals were, it would be making money and a successful business and launching my podcast and launching a book and and all those things are beautiful. I still want to do all of them, but the things that are really important to me, I'm like, I feel the busyness is distracting me from what it is that I most desire. And now I'm getting really clear on what it is that I most desire so that I can live in alignment with that. Which is why I'm so excited to bring this beautiful guest on today. Her name is Sigrid Tazzy. She has impacted my life in such a remarkable way. I have worked with Sigrid one-on-one. I have done her Embodied Woman group container. I have been to her Receive Retreat in Byron Bay. And Sigrid has had such a beautiful, huge, massive impact on my journey and will continue to as well. And we're really going to dive into almost pretty much a question that I asked you at the beginning. We're diving into emotional armor and the protective shields and walls that we put up around our heart that has us living almost from a state of survival, which is blocking us from the intimacy, the depth, the presence, the contentment, the fulfillment, the abundance, the pleasure, the joy, the expansiveness that life has to offer us. Sigrid and I dive into how you can start to remove that armor, remove those shields and live in a deeper embodiment with your truest essence and your truest truth. I really hope that you love listening to today's episode just as much as I love recording it. Honestly, fam, it is such an absolute blessing and a gift to be able to share this incredible woman, Sigrid Tazzy's, with you. If you love this episode, please screenshot it, share it to your story, tag both myself and Sigrid because we both would love to connect with you. Strap yourself in, fam. This is one hell of an episode. Let's fucking go. Oh my goodness gracious me. I am super excited. Like my little girl is fizzing right now to introduce my entire audience to someone who is truly very special to my heart and who has had such a big impression on my journey and continues to have such a massive impact on who I am becoming and revealing and unfolding and expressing as a woman. Uh, Sigrid Tazzies, welcome to Raw, Real and Vulnerable. I'm like, don't get little girl excited on my podcast because I'm here with Sigrid. For anyone who doesn't know who you are like I do or any woman who hasn't been in my programs and had the pleasure of being able to experience you, can you please share who you are, what you do and a little background into Sigrid? 
Well, who I am is a really broad question, really broad answer. So I'm going to stick to the what you get to know about me and the work I do right now. I am a human with a passion for liberation, a passion for freedom. And what I do, we could say, is supporting mentors and coaches and thought leaders, female leaders, to really free themselves so that they can leave, lead, and love from a space of deep feminine embodiment, from a space of pleasure, freedom, and true abundance. And I do that through group coaching programs and books and podcasts and retreats and all sorts of things. But yeah, that's the main thing that I like to share with women before we get started into any conversation. For context, this is my passion and my life's work is supporting women to leave love mm. in a way that is truly authentic and that is armor free. And that can look many different ways that I'm sure we'll dive into, but this is it for now. For a woman, I know that you said armor free and I asked you what you really want. Like I always ask every guest what is hot on your heart to dive into. And you said specifically de-armoring and removing emotional armor. So. For relatability for any woman tuning in right now that doesn't know what that is, who's like, yes, deeper pleasure, yes, feminine embodiment, yes, intimacy, yes, abundance. What is emotional armor? Yes. So I love, 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 love this topic. And I love that we get to speak about it because the vast majority of us are wearing those armors and not even knowing that we're wearing them. So I like to explain this as the protections and the shields the walls that we build around our hearts and our bodies, seeking to protect ourselves from old hurts. So when growing up, we experience things that make us think or lead us to believing that we are not safe and that we will be rejected, abandoned, betrayed, mm-hmm. ridiculed, hurt, fill in the blank, if we don't X, Y, Z. We put these armors all around us to avoid experiencing that hurt, that betrayal, that abandonment, that rejection again. And all of us have experienced things like that. All of us have a million stories that say, hey, remember, you are not safe to be yourself. Hey, remember, you are not safe to be vulnerable. Hey, remember, you are not safe to open up to people. You are not safe to let people in. You are not safe to be authentic because who you are as you are was hurt. Who you are as you are was not enough. Who you are as you are was not likable or was not included or did not belong. So emotional armors are these protections that we build around ourselves to avoid going through that pain again. And they get in the way of the things that we today yearn the most for. Pleasure, deep intimacy, true sustainable success and success that hits, that actually feels satisfying. Not that success that keeps us in the right race where we keep looking to achieve mm-hmm. something yes, so that finally we are enough and never feel enough. The things that we most yearn for are on the other side of our emotional armors. And I like to talk about this analogy of the knight in shiny armor. I think back to those times where men and warriors would put these armors on to go mm-hmm. to the battlefield, right? They would put those on to go to war. And then eventually when war was over, when they were no longer fighting for their mm. lives, for their nations, for the women and their children, they would take them off. But we women learned at some point to put this on, and we humans, but I'm talking particularly to the women here, 
we learned to put those on, but we never learned how to take them off afterwards. So we wear these super thick iron shields when we're making laws, when we are in gatherings, when we are showering, when we are coaching, when we are making friends, when we are all of the things. We're wearing this armor with us, on us all of the time. And then we go, I wish I could feel more intimate with my partner. I wish I could experience more pleasure. I wish I could be more orgasmic. I wish I could just feel content with what I've already achieved. I wish I could feel more inspired, like inspiration could touch me. I wish I could feel the sunshine on my skin. But it's really hard to feel any of it if you have an iron shield all around you. Your skin's not there. Your skin's not available. So the pleasure, the intimacy, the inspiration that you're wanting to pull in to come and touch you can't reach you. Because of what you're wearing. So I like to speak about this because this shows up for women mm-hmm. today so much in so many ways. In relationship, in friendships, in the way they feel about their businesses and their income, where no matter how much more they make or do or achieve, it's never enough. Mm-hmm. Or where they, they don't dare to even get started because it's vulnerable. And women with armors done the vulnerability very well. So it's something that really has such a massive impact in every single area of our lives. And something that I would say the vast majority of women. Mm. I love this conversation so much. And I'm assuming, it's not always right to assume that women don't come to you and say, Sigrid, I have so much armor on. Like this might be a very new conversation, especially for the women in my audience who are listening. They're like, oh, I resonate with that. Maybe. A really relatable word could be, I'm guarded or I don't let people in or I want to date, but I'm always told that I'm standoffish or it's hard to get to know me. That could be a way that a woman might identify through the feedback she's receiving that she has emotional armor on. So what do women come to you for if they're not coming and being like, I have armor, but you can really see like it is your armor that's blocking you from everything that you say that you're most desiring. There is so much. Some of them you mentioned definitely shows up when we want to attract a relationship. Mm -hmm. And not just a relationship, but a lot of women crave intimacy. They crave to feel connected. They crave to feel like there's emotion and passion in the relationships. And they feel like they feel heard Mm -hmm. and they can connect on a soul level with their partners. Like there's that desire for intimacy. But let's break intimacy. Into me, you see. You can't call intimacy. Mm -hmm. If people can't see you because you're wearing the iron shield all around you, right? So when Mm -hmm. we're wearing an armor, we can only attract Mm -hmm. people that are also wearing theirs. So of course, it's not intimacy. Imagine trying to make love while you're literally wearing an iron shield around your body Mm -hmm. and the guy or Mm -hmm. woman that you're with is doing the same. How's that going to work, right? So definitely, it shows up in relationship in that way. It shows up in, in relationship a lot for women also with Daring to be vulnerable and expressing their needs and desires. A lot of women come to me when they've tried having the conversations with their partners and they've tried expressing what it is that they want, but the way, the context that they bring and the way in which they ask or communicate mm-hmm. those things is actually, mm-hmm. quote unquote, making it worse than helping them get what they want. 
And it's because they're asking from their God itself, from their protected world app selves. This shows up in entrepreneurship. I was just recording a podcast episode earlier today on this. The women that feel like they're only playing at 30, 40% of the capacity. But they're like, yeah, you know, to the world, it looks like I'm killing it. I've definitely achieved some things. Like I might be mm. making six figures, multiple six figures. Like I'm doing well out there in the world. It looks amazing. Mm. But I know that there's so much more to me, so much more to what mm. I'm here to do, what I'm here to bring, that I'm not even scratching mm. the surface. Emotional armor. I don't dare to be vulnerable. I don't trust myself to mm. have my back enough. Therefore, I armor up. But in that space, I can't allow more of me to come out into the world, right? A lot of women that come feeling unsatisfied, no matter how much more they achieve, no matter how much more they attain, how much more money mm -hmm. they make, there's always a feeling of what's the mm -hmm. next thing? What's the next thing I need to achieve? And then I'll be happy. What's the next thing I need to get to? And then I'll feel satisfied. So there's a general lack of contentment. Some women are really honest and sincere with themselves about. Some women aren't fully honest with themselves about. But if you really sit down with it, I feel like every woman can really know that. Are you just chasing the next card or are you actually really satisfied and enjoying your life? And women tend to come to me at a place and time when they're realizing that there's more mm -hmm. to life, there's more to relationships, there's more to sisterhood, to friendships mm -hmm. than what they've experienced and what they are experiencing. Sisterhood is another one. There's a lot of women that are realizing, wow, I've got friends, mm -hmm. but I kind of want to be able to go deeper with my friends. I want to be able to feel like I can really go there with my friends, that I can be my messy self. I can be my sensitive self. My little girl also has a place in my friendships that I'm not just relating from the networking. Let's share with each other how successful we are. or Let's keep it surface level. So we're just, you know, distance friends, but actually friends that I can go mm -hmm. deep with, that I can feel deeply held by, deeply inspired, mm -hmm. by, that I don't feel comparison and jealousy with but rather mm -hmm. a celebration and a feeling like they've got me, I've got them. Hitting or bumping against ceilings, income-wise, mm -hmm. success-wise, in business, big time. When they're feeling like somehow, doesn't matter what I do, I keep going up a little, but I stay in a similar position all of the time. And I work more and I create more things and people are following me mm -hmm. and liking what I do. And then, But I keep feeling stuck. And this can be for the entrepreneurs, in your business, but this can be also your job and career. And another thing that I'd love to talk about is the women that say that want more spaciousness, women that come thinking, I know there's going to be a different way. Like I want to work less. I want to make more money with more ease or I want to cut down my hours. I want to have more time to travel or to do fun things, to be with my family, to spend time with my kids. Like, I really want to have more time, more freedom, more space. And somehow, every time they do, and sometimes they do, they clear their schedule, they finish the program, they cut down their hours, they do the thing to create more space in their life. And hours, days, mm -hmm. weeks, months later, they're in the same place or busier than they were before. Somehow, there's always a busyness to them. So all of those things happen as a result of emotional armor mm. 
I have so many questions through all of that, like our whole list. But the last thing that you touched on, busyness, I think so many women can relate with that, keeping ourselves so busy. And a lot of women in my world really fear the spaciousness. So they fill up all their time with all this stuff that really isn't that important and doesn't really matter all that much to what they say they most desire. Why do you feel, for some women, they really feel a lot of apprehension when it comes to space and spaciousness, so much that they fill their time up to keep themselves busy but that isn't creating the fulfillment they most desire. Yes. I love, love, love this. First of all, unworthiness. Feeling unworthy, not having to work hard to earn our place in the world. This is really what's underlying a lot of this behavior. And it's a hard pill to swallow. But when we get clear on that and recognize that that's what's happening, oh my goodness, so much freedom can take place. So much... We can create so much healing for ourselves or space for healing and really start to shift things because there is inside all of us, mm-hmm. there's a little girl that created meanings and interpretations about a lot of things. So when the meaning and interpretation is that me just being, just being, just dancing, having fun as a little girl and moving and playing and just me being a little girl and being all happy and being all cheerful, that's enough. I don't need to do anything else. I don't need to have really good grades. I don't need to learn a million languages. I don't need to do chores at home. I don't need to. And I'm not saying don't teach your kids to do chores at home at all. But when as a little girl, we grow up feeling like we have to earn love. We have to earn our place. We have to earn recognition or safety or mm-hmm. you know emotional support. Then we replay that pattern out there over and over again. So a lot of it has to do with that now. What that creates, and it's important to understand this, it's a baseline story in our somatic bodies, in our nervous mm-hmm. systems. So our nervous systems have default settings. And when the default settings are set up to feel safety and familiarity around stress and overwhelm, we will recreate those scenarios mm-hmm. over and over so that we can feel safe and familiar with what's happening. So oftentimes... This is why women will clear their schedules. They will choose to work less. They will cut their hours. They will finish the programs. They will complete containers with the clients, whatever it is. Get a nanny, get someone that helps them with the house, whatever it is so that they can have more space. And then find themselves still rushing, busy, overdoing. Because until your nervous system feels safe to be, do, or have something, it will do whatever it takes to keep that thing away, to sabotage that thing. So if your body, you can tell yourself the story that you want spaciousness, but if your body has written mm-hmm. in her the story that spacious is not safe, if you don't feel at peace with yourself, just you, as you are right here, right now, nothing else needed, nothing to achieve, nothing to figure out, nothing to show and prove others, unless that happens or until that happens, you will sabotage that space at all costs mm. so that you can keep safe. So this is why the embodiment work is so important because oftentimes we want to tell ourselves new stories. And yes, you can tell yourself the story that you deserve more spaciousness and you can do all of the practical things like block time in your calendar and delegate and hire more people in your team or like I said, cut on the hours or find a new job that requires less work, blah, blah, blah. 
but you mm-hmm. always find yourself again busier each time because there's an inherent story running the show that says it is not safe to have space. So when we want to retrain that story, and I don't know how much your listeners know about nervous system regulation and somatic work and the stories of the body, but just a quick, quick context, every single thing that we experience writes a story in the body. So we have all these stories written in our bodies that are dictating the default settings of our systems. So just like in your phone, you have certain default settings. In your computer, you have default settings. In your body, you do too. In your nervous system, you do too. And those default settings dictate how you sleep, how to digest, how you feel, how you breathe, everything. So when we want to shift that story, we need to shift the story in the body. Otherwise, that's not changing. And this is what taking the the armor off is all about. It's not about mm. taking the shield off so that you can. It's a journey mm. of getting to a place where you dare to take it off. So the journey is one of retraining your system, rewriting the story in your body to feel safe enough, to trust yourself enough, to know that you have your back mm. enough that you then dare to take the shield we dare to go out in the world going, okay, okay, I'm going to do this. And if somebody doesn't love me or doesn't like me because I'm not mm-hmm. constantly doing or proving my worth to the world, I've got my back. If I mess up or fuck up or somebody rejects me or somebody abandons me again for X, Y, Z reason, I've got my back. I love that. And I feel for a lot of women, we can sometimes make ourselves wrong for the positions that we get ourselves in. So for a woman tuning in that's listening, that is thinking, I want more space in my calendar. Or yes, Sigrid, I've been saying to my partner, I want more intimacy. I want more intimacy. And I'm realizing that I actually lack intimacy with myself. So how can he give me this intimacy that I'm screaming at him for? Sometimes the next step is making ourselves wrong for the way that we're being. And I know that you're not a stand for that at all. So if a woman was tuning in right now and saying like, whoa, I'm realizing I am really armored. I am really guarded. I am blocking my own intimacy of self. So how can he or she even give me what it is that I say that I desire? What would you say to that woman? Like, What's our step there? How do we not make ourselves wrong for being 30, 35 and thinking, wow, I'm this way. And it's all because of me that my life is this way and I'm bad and awful. You just turn to truth. I know that sounds simple, but it actually is that simple. Turn to truth. Let's look at the facts. Are you actually, did you choose all of that? Did you choose? And I mean, some people would say that your soul chose to incarnate in this body at this time with these parents and go through these experiences and whatever. We'll never know. Regardless, even if you believe that, did you consciously, you, the ego, you, the persona, you, who you call you, did you choose? I'm going to go through this trauma and then the story I want to believe is this one and how I want my nervous system to behave every time from this moment forward, every time I experience something similar is this, this, and this. Were you, five years old, experience rejection or bully or whatever it is at school or in your house and decided, did you sat with yourself with total consciousness and total maturity and went, okay. So from this moment forward, every time I get close to an intimate space 
with a person. I want to shut down. I want to work guard up. I want to get really reactive. And I want to sabotage my relationships. <laughs> Chances are you didn't. You know, I've coached thousands of women. I haven't met one single person that has done that. And even if you did, you would have done so with the consciousness and the maturity of mm-hmm. a five-year-old. So how are you to blame for it? You didn't pick your traumas. You didn't pick the interpretations you made up about your traumas. You didn't pick the default settings that got recorded into your system. Mm-hmm. You're not picking any of it. In reality, you're not choosing any of it. So how are you to choose this now? How does it make sense for you to choose to blame yourself or make yourself wrong for something you didn't choose and you weren't actually an active participant of? You were simply a part of the mix as it needed to be, right? So yes, I could try to convince you that, you know, you deserve better and there's so much more freedom on the other side of blaming yourself and you get to free yourself and liberate yourselves and love yourself and all of those things are true. And let's simplify it. Let's stay to the facts. You don't even have to believe me when I say that you deserve to love yourself. You don't even have to believe me when I say that you will be freer and actually heal those things faster Mm -hmm. if you forgive yourself. You can just stick to the facts. Do you then do it? You didn't pick it. You didn't choose it. It just happened. And now you're in this position, listening to this conversation, wanting to do something about it. And that's powerful. That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. But we cannot heal a wound with the same energy that created it. So, and I'll say this again. So it really lands. This is powerful. We cannot heal a wound with the same energy that created it. Let's say you're five, you're six, you're seven, you're eight, nine-year-old self went through an experience that led her to believe she was not enough. And through that, she created a set of strategies to feel like she was enough. All right, so like, I'll just keep really busy. I'll just get to achieving a lot. Okay, if I achieve a lot, then I'll be enough. Okay, if I keep it all together, and I make myself super perfect, then I'll be enough. Okay, if I'm really strong and I get really good at something, then I'll be enough. Right? Whatever strategies she created. She created a strategy subconsciously. Now you catch it. You sit. You're like, oh my God, this is not working for me. I want to move past this. I want to get rid of this. I want to change this. You make yourself wrong for it. What's the message that you're sending to that little girl? You're not enough. What's the strategy that little girl knows how to do when she feels not enough? Achieve and seek approval outside of herself. So it's a never-ending loop where the very thing that created, that was the root of the issue, that then created patterns and meanings and ways of being that you're now wanting to shift when you're reaffirming the story, meaning you're not good enough or you're not lovable or if you're not, you don't belong or people don't like you, whatever it is. When you're reaffirming that, you can only get more of the same thing that you're wanting to change. I hope this makes sense to everybody listening. 
I love it. It's landing for me. So I know that it's landing for my listeners. So I'm like, Secret is just talking. She's not talking to anyone else right now. Secret is just entirely talking to my entire life story. Uh, I love it so much. This is why I've always loved working with you. One thing that you said quite frequently and you stated it throughout constantly was the word vulnerability. And you always followed up vulnerability with she's got her back. Like she's going to take off some of this armor. She's going to be willing to be vulnerable. And then the follow-up thing that you constantly said was she has her back. So what I'm hearing is a path to breaking free, like coming to this trauma with a different energy is vulnerability. And behind that is the knowing that I have my own back. How would a woman start on that journey if she's like, yes, Sigrid, you're talking to Beck, but you're talking to me too. And I desire to de-arm, I desire to strip away this energetic armor I have around my heart. I want more intimacy, friendship, contentment with my life, presence to right now without trying to chase this carrot outside of myself. How does she say yes to vulnerability and know that she's got her back when maybe up until now her biggest fear is like, I, I don't feel safe. I don't really understand fully the nervous system, or maybe she does, but I know that being me expressively and fully and just allowing my little girl to be herself, that isn't known to me. That's quite foreign. And I don't know how to have my own back in the face of that because every time I've done it, I've been met with perceived danger or objection or abandonment. So, Secret, how do I have my own back when all the evidence is pointing to absolutely not and stay on this hamster wheel of perfectionism? There's two main things that I like to share about this. First of all, this is a journey of building safety in your body, first and foremost, so that you feel safe to be in your body and so that you feel safe to meet life in the moment. A lot of us, when those things happen, those traumatic experiences, those hurtful experiences, those scary experiences, we disconnect from our bodies and we learn to collapse or brace through life, which means we close off or we disassociate, we numb ourselves. So that can look many different ways. It's not just leaving your body or like fully disassociating, fully numbing and disconnecting. It can look like being on social media a lot. It can look like watching TV a lot. It can look like constantly checking all of the apps on your phone a lot. It can look like mm, using food in ways that you don't feel actually support you and nourish you. It can be using porn or drugs or alcohol to disconnect from the here and now, whatever it is. When those things are happening, there are symptoms or signs that there is a lack of felt safety in your body, that there's a part of you that felt back then that it wasn't safe to be here and now. So mm -hmm. she learned to just run away from the present moment. So the first thing is really to work somatically. And this is why, again, I'm such a stand for embodiment work. Mm -hmm. So work somatically and building a container of safety for yourself. And what that means is learning to be more present in your body and to bring a sense of safety to those places where you have previously known danger and a sense of harmony to places where you have previously known stress or overwhelm. So how we do this is really working with someone that can support you somatically to come back to the body and be with challenges, be with triggering situations, be with uncomfortable things in a more powerful way, in a new way, so that you can meet life with more grace, with more dignity. And for a lot of people, this will make sense. For some people, this will be like, what are you talking about? So to oversimplify it, what we want to do is really help you to 
feel so comfortable in your own body, in your own skin, and trust yourself so much that you dare to do the scary things because you know that no matter what happens, you'll be here, you'll be okay, and you won't make any of those things the mistakes, the falls, the failures, the rejections, or whatever, mm-hmm. you don't, you won't make that mean something bad about yourself. Right. So with that, first and foremost, mm-hmm. somatic work, embodiment work, one million percent mm-hmm. to get in the body, to feel safe, to know, okay, I've got me. I won't collapse. I won't go into full anxiety. I won't go into like needing to numb myself and run away from reality and just like, back off and cut people off and stop talking to people. Like I can, I can actually deal with challenges in a way that feels empowering, in a way that feels harmonious to me. First, the second step to this is really becoming someone you can trust also Mm -hmm. with the ways in which you choose to show up when nobody's watching. This means really keeping your word, like being your word to yourself Mm -hmm. and doing so often so that you start to build a story Mm -hmm. inside that says she's worthy of my trust her word means something if she says so i trust so a lot of us have learned to break our word to ourselves in little and big ways when nobody's watching some of us break our word when everybody's watching (laughs) but really you get to look at this Are you breaking your word with others first and foremost? Of course, that is the obvious part. Mm -hmm. But are you breaking your word to yourself? Even more important, Mm -hmm. are you breaking your word to yourself when nobody's watching? In Mm -hmm. the little ways that nobody will ever be able to call you forward into. Are you breaking your word? Because every time you do that, you are gathering proof within. Your subconscious mind is watching all of the time. Mm-hmm. You're, you are gathering proof and confirmation that you are not worthy of your trust. So to really get to a place where you know, I've got me, there's two pieces to it. There's one of knowing I've got mm-hmm. me because I'm in integrity, because I walk my talk. I am congruent. I am sincere and honest with myself. I trust myself because I speak kindly to myself. I'm not my enemy. I am my ally. A lot of us humans and women especially have learned to talk to ourselves in ways that are totally not acceptable Mm -hmm. if we want to trust ourselves, if we want to feel safe with ourselves. Every time you say something about your stretch marks, your cellulitis, your smile, your boobs, your ass, your arms, whatever it is for you. Every time you say, oh yeah, I'm just so stupid. Mm -hmm. Every time you say, yeah, I I just feel like a loser. Every time you say, whatever it is, you know your things. But every time you speak unkindly to yourselves, every time you speak to yourself in a way that isn't super honoring and respectful, Mm -hmm. you're breaking your trust. Mm -hmm. You're not being a safe space for yourself. So really the first part, as I'm saying, is cultivating a sense of safety within in your body, somatically, start rewriting the story mm-hmm. of your body to one that says, mm-hmm. you're safe here. You're safe in yourself. And then mm-hmm. a big part of that is also watching how we talk, watching how we speak to ourselves, 
watching the choices that we make, whether we allow everybody to just walk all over us, put all of our, all of our needs last and speak to ourselves or about ourselves in ways that aren't really honoring, whether we break our words. So we're constantly giving ourselves the impression that we are not trustworthy or whether we can really upkeep the things that we say mm. and how we speak in a really good way. But I want to point out the fact because oftentimes people hear this and they go, okay, I'm going to have a look. I'm going to have a look at how I'm breaking my word and I'm going to have a look at how I speak to myself and definitely encourage you to do that. Get clear on how you're currently breaking your word to yourself, how you're currently disrespecting yourself by not having boundaries, by not honoring your needs, by not listening to your desires mm-hmm. and get really clear mm-hmm. on how you're not being kind to yourself. One million percent. Now, that alone won't do it. It's actually easier when you start with the embodiment work, when you start with the somatic work, mm. because the other stuff starts to fall into place mm. just naturally. One without the other won't work. Until your mm. nervous system feels safe, you won't feel safe. When a woman is facing now, she's hearing all of that and she's just like, yes, this is all resonating. I'm hearing all of it, the somatic work, the how I speak to myself, the self-trust, and she's identifying that a lot of the emotional armor is coming from childhood. I know we've spoken a lot about the little girl and all the beliefs she's created. But then also life is going to continue to life on us, right? How do we face off with life and choose as life is presenting not to continually guard up in the face of it when something's presenting? Is that even possible? Yes, it is absolutely possible. I don't know how you do that without the somatic work. I don't know how you do that without the embodiment work because this is what mm. it is about. It is about creating space, right? Moving stories or like I said before, these stories are written in the body. So what we're doing with somatic work is liberating some of these stories, moving some of the energy that has been stuck in the body Mm -hmm. for years, for decades at times, so that we can Mm -hmm. create space so that a new story can be written. So when that's there, the opportunity Mm. to meet life differently appears. Before, we can't really, can't really choose. Okay, from today onwards, I am going to show up with more dignity. Yeah, you can tell yourself that and it may work a couple of times, but there will be something that will be triggering enough, challenging enough that will get you mm-hmm. in a way that you won't be able to bypass. Mm-hmm. You're not bigger than your biology. So there's only so much that we can do just with mindset work. And with this work that I'm talking about, mm-hmm. embodiment work, this is how we create choice. Because some things we have to feel them until completion. And until we've completed a cycle of an emotion, of a story, we don't have space mm-hmm. to create a new one, to take on a new shape. So when we do this work, yes, it's absolutely possible. And only through doing body-led work so that that grace, that dignity, that empowerment that you're talking about to meet life in the moment shows up. So it's a practice. It's also something you can't do in a session or two and like, okay, I'm here now. I'm showing up powerfully to everything. It's a practice. I love that. 
One thing that you've spoken about is, you know, like I stalked your Instagram before this and went through every single post and everything you've said and everything that I wanted to ask you. So I've got about 9,000 questions that have been left unasked. But you spoke about revealing a woman's true essence and her power having the ability to truly support humanity. And some women may just be in a habitual process of life just being life and her just being the way that she is and not even knowing that she's disconnected from her true essence. So for any woman that's this thing that maybe isn't an entrepreneur or isn't a business owner, but it's just a woman just desiring more contentment, more fulfillment, more intimacy, more aliveness, more presence to life. How would you support her? What would you say to that woman who's like, yes, Sigrid, I want that and I want to connect to my essence and I don't even really know what it is. Life just lifed and this is, I'm 31, I'm 32, I'm 35 and it's just the way it is. I don't even really know how I got here, but it is. And I know that this isn't fully me. What's her first step to really reclaiming her true essence? Slow down. First and foremost, slow down because if the plate's too full, there's no space for you to start seeing what else is there. You've learned to be a certain way. You've learned what's safe and not safe, what you can do and what you cannot do, what you need to chase and what you need to stay away from. When you want to learn something new about yourself and see what else is there beyond what you've learned or told yourself, you need space. You need space for that to reveal itself or to uncover that. So really slow down first and foremost so that you can start to peel away everything that you're not. This is not a journey of becoming. You don't have to become anything. Everything that you are looking for, everything that you're wishing for, everything that you are yearning for is already within you. It's who you are already. There's just so many layers of stories and beliefs and interpretations and fears and conditionings and programs that get in the way of you knowing your truest essence, knowing your true power. This is not a matter of becoming, it's a matter of remembering. So do whatever it takes to have space. It's so beautiful. Finally, I ask every guest the same question at the very end, secret. What does it mean to be raw, real, and vulnerable in your own life? Raw, real, and vulnerable. Exactly that. And to me, it means to be authentic in the present moment. Life and who we are is raw and is real and is vulnerable at all times. We've just learned to kind of push that down, pretend that it's not, and curate it and rehearse it and Think about it a lot before we let it out. We've learned to try to control ourselves and our environment so much. So to me, mm-hmm. presence and authenticity are raw, real, and vulnerable. And that's something that I continue to create space for in my life. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't take anything more than just that. If I can meet the present moment authentically and say yes to what's here now without letting the part of me that wants to control it and make it somehow else or the things that, no, that's too much or maybe that's not right or it's not enough. If I just say yes, my yes is always real and vulnerable. I've had the best time listening to you share your unique genius. So you're amazing. I've actually worked with Sigrid 101. I've done 
her Embodied Woman container. I've been to her Receive Retreat, my birthday last year, which was amazing. For every woman listening that is desiring more of you to get into your world, to get into a new podcast coming out, to get into your retreats and all your experiences, where can she find you? Yes. So find me on Instagram. That's the easiest. I have one of those names that are hard to spell for everyone. So just go to the show notes and find it there. But Sigrid Tassius on Instagram and everywhere else. And yeah, there's a few ways in which you can work with me. The Embodied Woman Mastermind, mm-hmm. which is a six-month container online for women that Beck joined. As she said, that is starting again in September of this year. So you can join us for that. You can find more info in my website and Instagram as well. My retreats, I am here, are happening all over the world. We have Australia, Byron Bay, in December of this year, 2023. We've got Mexico in March 2024 and Egypt in May 2024. So you can also go to secrettaxis.com slash retreats and get more info on that. And I am also very soon... Maybe by the time you release this already, launching a new podcast called Let Her Lead and also a new program called Let Her Lead very soon as well. So that's for women that really want to leave armor free, like we were saying, and unlock more mm-hmm. of genius, more of their potential, more of their pleasure through doing this work, the embodiment, deep inner work so that they can leave, love, and lead from more embodiment. Mm. Amazing. And all of those details will be in the show notes. And just so everyone knows, Egypt, I already have a spot secured because that's my birthday, 2024. So I'll be there. <laughs> Sigrid, thank you so much for your time today. I can't wait to share and I can't wait to hear what all the listeners get to receive from this. You're amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. If you're desiring more from me right now, firstly, I love your eagerness. And secondly, let's make it happen. Check out the link in my show notes where you can receive more information on my books, breakthroughs, online webinars, all upcoming courses and programs, and how you can get started on your journey within my world today. I can't wait to be back in your ears next week. And trust me, you won't want to miss this episode.